Welcome to Groovy Soup. Groovy. A showcase of music from artists and bands from across Ohio. And your chance to hear something new and local. Here's your host, Paul Holden. Welcome, 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 welcome into Groovy Soup. And folks, before we dive too much in tonight, the time has come. The dinner bell has rung for the last time. Tonight is the final episode of Groovy Soup, at least for now, and at least here on Power 105, as uh, things are changing, things are moving into a new direction. So tonight, we say farewell. We pull up our, uh, we pull up, I should say, our, our napkins. We wipe away the groovy soup. We step away from the, the groovy dinner table and groovy soup. It's time. It's service to you in Southeast Ohio across the world on streaming services is coming to a close, at least for now. And I'll talk more about this later. But just before we dive in, I just wanted to thank you all so much for tuning into what has been one of the biggest passion projects, one of the greatest joys of my life, which has been creating this show. I've gotten to talk to artists, bands from not only just across Ohio, but the entire world. Hundreds of interviews, thousands of minutes, over 1,600 days since the first episode of Groovy Soup aired. And lots of people have been there supporting in the way. And I've gotten so much support from bands that have been on the show, reaching out, commenting on socials. And uh, this show has been has been nothing but uh, an absolute blast, a pleasure, and has been able to keep me here connected to Southeast Ohio and connected to Power 105 for... Since I, since I, for over four years now, since I, I, I actually left. For those that might not know, Groovy Soup is done remotely, but I wanted to keep the show alive. The, the station wanted to keep the show going. We wanted to keep telling the stories of these bands, bring you local music. And for four and a half years, four and a half or so years, that's what we did. Groovy Soup had an incredible run, and it's all thanks to not only the listeners, but all of the artists and bands who took the time out of their busy schedules during the pandemic, before the pandemic, right before tour, hours before taking the stage. They all took the time to sit down with me, talk with me, and give me an opportunity to learn about them and their music. So the thanks doesn't only go to you, the audience, but it also goes to the bands, the artists, for not only doing what they do, but for giving me one of the most precious commodities you can give someone, which is your time. So I'll kind of uh, give a little bit more of my my closing thoughts there later. But just in case uh, you were curious why this intro part is so long, <laughs> tonight is indeed the final episode of Groovy Soup. And uh, we are going to stay right in Athens and we are going to do something that I think highlights this show uh, completely, which is we're talking to an Athens band doing music their way, going into a genre to take it head on their way, their style with their voice. And we, for the final guests of Groovy Soup, Kaiba is our guests tonight. Some Athens rock and roll, screamo, scrams, you'll learn more about that. All sorts of good stuff coming up here on today today's Groovy Soup. Um, and here we go. I know I'm a little scatterbrained today, but here's Kaiba with their track, Wake. Wake. <laughs> 
That was Wake by Kaiba, and I learned a new term in this interview, and it's also, I learned a lot about how the Screamo genre, there's so much depth, there's so many layers, there's so much to it, that you gotta dive in. It's way more than what you might already have of a preconceived notion of what it is. And Kaiba teaches me all about it right now. The final Groovy Soup guests, four and a half years, all leads to this. And it is fitting because we stay right in our own backyard, right where this show started. I'm with one of my long, long friends, as well as a great band of uh, scrams, I guess is what your uh, Spotify calls it. I'm not quite sure. Kaiba joins us tonight. Thank you all so much for your time. For sure. Yeah, thank you. for having us. Absolutely. I have every show start off by having our artists introduce themselves and telling us a little bit about what they do. So the floor is yours. Uh, you Lane. guys want to take it first? I'll go first. Uh, my name is Lane. Uh, I play guitar and do vocals. Uh, I'm Emma. I also do guitar and vocals. I'm Jack. I play drums. Uh, I'm Jeff, and I play the bass. And together they form Kaiba. And uh, let's start with I'm always like that when I've talked to metal bands, and we've talked, I've talked to a couple actually lately. I, I kind of am curious of how you get started with this music. It seems like such a strenuous music, it seems like such a very challenging music to play, to perform, to do everything. So I'm just curious where, how you start down this path of, of creating music that in my eyes has a pretty high degree of difficulty attached to it. Um, well, I got into, um, like screamo and, um, that's, uh, like subsect of aggressive music through one of my good friends in high school. And then, uh, I think that, uh, a lot of people like me when they're trying to get into, uh, like playing screamo since you can't really go to like a music teacher and be like this is the type of thing I want to do you just like uh, it's kind of about like imitation and um, finding the bands that you like and are inspired by and um, uh, going to shows and meeting people who have the same interests and want to make the same thing and just uh, trying your best to to make what you want to make I mean as far as screaming goes I just uh I learned how to do it from just driving around and sitting in my car and screaming along with bands that I really liked. So um, I think that you just kind of have to try it since there's no like official handbook. I mean, especially for the type of uh, stuff that we're doing where it's like um, a lot of the songs that we like and stuff like you can't even find the tabs online. So you just got to, uh, find what you like and try to rip it off until you're making your own thing. Basically. Would you say it kind of has trained your ear more? I mean, it sounds like you, you really have to kind of be pretty tuned in and able to pick out parts of songs where there's a lot going on. I mean, if you're trying to focus on, on, on the screaming as part of a screamo song, but that's uh, competing with all the other, uh, you know, music and, and noise that's going on in the song. Has it trained your ear more to, to being able to look out from things that you're looking to imitate? I, I can definitely say um, just coming from like not playing music that was like so loud or layered or textural or any of the stuff like that, especially playing bass. Like I have to try to figure out all of the notes that they're all 
playing and sort of how to pick some sort of foundation for that. And it was super, super challenging at first because, I mean, both the guitars are covered in like a lot of distortion and effects and stuff like that. Um, and it's definitely, I would say, made my ear a lot more capable. I had to for sure practice like how to sort of listen for what was going on and develop like a better ear for sort of picking up that stuff. Cause there is like a lot of really cool melodic and harmonic ideas going on. It's just when they line up, you can tell it sort of sounds right. And when it doesn't, it's hard to, so definitely, definitely made me a better musician. I think trying to play this stuff. For sure. This like opened up a whole new way of playing guitar for me, honestly, like I was playing mostly like three out of four of us were in the indie rock band Sweatworkers before. Um, and I had never even heard of like Scrams or Screamo until Lane showed me a few years ago. Um, and I was like into heavy music in like middle school and high school. Like I had like a thrash metal phase. Um, but I don't know. I feel like this way of playing guitar was like a lot more intuitive for me and is like a lot of kind of layering and playing around with ideas. And it's less like, I don't know it's you there are some people doing it but you can't really look up like how to play screamo chords or whatever um i don't know it definitely like because i'm not formally trained on guitar at all but it made me feel a lot more comfortable just being able to like mess around and do things that felt right um and it just sounded good no matter if they were like technically correct or not i guess yeah, I like that. It kind of uh, what I like about embracing a music in a style like this is it takes the full create. It, it takes kind of your full creativity, your full attention. Like you're saying, you can't look up tabs online. You can't you can listen to the music, but I mean, it's you can't just translate someone else's music right into your own. And then you're trying to put your own own spin on it. I, I There's just so much nuance that goes into this type of music and so many types of music and so i'm kind of curious would you say that screamo is a misunderstood music genre something that people maybe be look at it on the surface level maybe hear one type of or hear it one song and kind of think that maybe it's a little turned off maybe they're turned off by the aggression i mean or or do you have any thoughts on that definitely i think that when you say screamo to someone the first thing that they think of or or most people anyway is probably like scene metal um like like 2000s like metalcore and like mm -hmm. mallcore and stuff like that i think that um because when i um think of screamo i think of like uh like emotional hardcore or like emo influenced uh hardcore music basically um and i think that you know in like the popular zeitgeist um screamo is very synonymous with with metalcore so i think that um I don't know because I've I've a lot of my friends you know I've uh, you know I've I've shown some screamo stuff too and they have this like idea in their head and they're like oh, I don't really know if I'm into that you know like I've listened to Sleeping with Sirens I don't really care and then I'm like but you got to listen to this band though because it's not what you're thinking of and then I think that once people um, listen to uh, some stuff that they're not familiar with that's not like exactly um, how screamo is like popularly thought of I think that. Most people I, I show it to or who I've never heard a screamo before and come to shows, like they're very open to it. And I think a lot of people uh, get excited about um, some different kind of music. Mm -hmm. do, Lane, do you know, I forget, is um was like scrams as a term, like partially kind of introduced or adopted to try to like segment this sort of genre from like the stigma of screamo? 
or is that something I made up? Um, so I, as far as I know, scrams um, was a term invented on like online forums in the early 2000s, I'm pretty sure, because like people would say like scrams uh, just meaning like just like a funny way to say screams basically and so then it just be kind of came like a uh, like a catch-all for all like uh emotive hardcore or like uh emo influenced screamo and hardcore music so um i think that it you know it is a, like a genre term that is distinctive but also it's it's pretty broad too more from kaiba next here on groovy soup this is groovy soup on power 105 this is Groovy Soup on Power 105. Welcome back into Groovy Soup. Paul Holden here with you all. We got another track from Kaiba lined up. This one's called Broken.
That was broken by Kaiba, and we got lots more in our interview right now. We're talking to Kaiba here on Groovy Soup, bringing things to a close, closing up shop today, but there's plenty more left here. You guys just finished up touring, uh, just got a demo uh, that was recently released as well. Tell me about what's been up with the band and tell me what's uh, 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 hopefully brewing early on here as uh, we kick things off in 2023. Well, yeah. So like you said, we just got off tour and we kind of like wanted to take a break after that and uh, just have some time to decompress because we had also just finished the recording process. uh, And then, you know, ultimately the mixing and releasing of the music, which happened on tour. So we were very like music focused for a while and we wanted to take a little bit to just like kind of relax and uh, not put too much on our plates. And now I think that we're getting back into it. Like our plan is to, you know, record new music and well, I mean, first we have to write new music and then record it. Uh, And yeah, I think it'll be just like a process of slowly getting some new songs in the mix and playing them at shows, seeing how we feel about them. But I think that our plans, uh, our plan is to release some new music, you know, this year at some point, because we're all, or many of us are probably moving to Pittsburgh uh, in the summer. And I think we want to have something done by then. Is Where does a song start for music like this? I mean, there's a, does it start with something? Is it always kind of something you hear? Is it always kind of inspired or do you have kind of, is it, it, it is based in emotion. Is there a, an emotion you try to, to capture and it kind of starts by, playing some sort of melody or some sort of riff that you that you build off of um it used to be like uh directly ripping people off like i think one of our first songs i was just like playing along to a state fault song and was like all right here's the riff but um now i you know it's it's all uh i think we've all kind of found our way and just kind of uh have our own creative processes and stuff but usually um one of us will bring an idea to practice and then we all kind of work on it in a pretty egalitarian way you know we're all uh uh no no one's super controlling or anything like that we all just kind of contribute what we want and then um I'd say as far as like the emotions that inspire our music or like the general um energy like I think that we all kind of like to juxtapose like um kind of like brighter melodies with um with uh like more aggressive vocals um kind of capturing like that sort of melancholy and like bittersweetness that like uh deaf heaven does with their bright melodies and just like super super uh aggressive vocals it's really interesting for me knowing jeff and knowing the band jeff played in before this one (laughs) And going into this, and of course, we talked uh, with with Sweatworkers back in the day as well. Sweatworkers was one of, I think, one of our in the first six months of the show. I think we had you all on the show. What's it? These different bands and these different experiences. I know Jeff uh, in your his experiences, and you all have that. I mean, 
How does it how does it kind of influence what you're doing now? Is there something that you've been able to take from your previous projects that's been really helpful into this, whether it be the mixing and mastering process, maybe not so much in actually creating the music, but something on on that end? Is there something you've been able to take from it, knowing Jeff, especially a very different band and a different energy into this project? Yeah, I would say um I guess at least for me, um, one of the big things was that we sort of did the same thing in both of my bands where we wanted to sort of release some sort of like three song deal and we wanted to do it entirely DIY. Um, with Ready Aim Flowers, we were super new to it. I was super new to actually working with like a live group. A lot of, a lot of how I learned recording was to overdub like single sources over and over and sort of layer stuff up. And so we kind of tried to bring that approach to the ready and flowers record. And we also tried to like capture some live stuff. Um, and we ended up just sort of redoing a lot of stuff and like kind of working the songs to death without any kind of direction. And uh, I think whenever we started to record with Kaiba, we, you know, definitely tried to come in with like songs that were already done. We committed to recording them all live so no overdubs or sort of like layered build up thing. We wanted to do it all while we were in the room at the same time. Um, and I think a lot of that helped with um, accomplishing really like tangible goals in the recording process where, okay, we have this stuff done. Now it's sort of, okay, what do we want to do with these other songs? And definitely learning how to sort of fight against the tide of perfectionism and trying to sort of keep coming back to songs trying to just sort of put them to rest and then move on because um, it's really hard to do that momentum wise in a recording process for sure um, but musically yeah it's an entirely different band definitely <laughs> uh, not a lot of transferable skills <laughs> uh, my philosophy with music is that um, uh, every time you like embarrass yourself or just like have any live experience like there's nothing more valuable than that because like the more times you play live and like just get comfortable and like understand like um like how you like to play and like be on stage and stuff I mean uh that's something that's that's hard to get the hang of I think and so like you know and also me Jack and Emma have been playing together since 2018 so I think we've just developed like a a nice little like uh comfort you know with each other and um the even if um you know there's not a whole lot of transferable skills from like jangle pop to uh screamo it's like you know we've we've all been on stage together and have been writing together for many years and i think that's pretty valuable in itself yeah it's definitely all a learning experience like i look back um you know, we were all like a few years younger back then and like our early 20s or a little younger. Um, and I definitely learned how to like write a song, like even like looking back on some of the things I did in that band, I'm like, oh, like, why did I do that? And even on like some of the first things that Kaiba did, um, I mean, I don't know, even like a few months ago, it's like, I don't really know why I made that decision, but I'm glad that I can learn from it. Um, and that's like happening constantly, which is really fun. You're just like always getting better at writing songs and getting more in tune with each other. 
And it's trust, right? I mean, there's something there with you all playing together. It's it's not only you you might switch up the the style or you're performing something completely different, but you all have the trust in each other that you can get to perform this incredibly complicated music in in front of people. Yeah, that was um now that you mention it something also that was really different between my last band um and this one, whereas the last band was very much like there's one person that brings in a song that's like concepted and structured and they like have a vision for it that you're trying to sort of figure out where you fit into that and create something that meets like that expectation of what the song's sort of planning on being. Um, and it's really cool with um, Kaiba, at least for the stuff that I've been around to sort of write from scratch, like completely collaboratively um, is it's just really cool to, be able to yeah like have that trust and someone just brings in a very loose idea or like one thing and we can all just sort of trust each other to come up with our own parts and listen to each other and it all sort of starts to lock together it's really cool to see that happen in real time yeah screamo tends to be like a very like linear songwriting style too at least in the way that we do it and like some of our favorite bands so it's just we'll have like all these separate parts of songs that you know we've all worked on if separately or together and then I don't think we usually like see the end of it until we just put all these parts together and then you see like what the song has become and it's really exciting yeah it's all it's always kind of a serendipitous thing like we we all like will bring uh, an idea and then they just happen to work together and then we're like, ah, got a song and we like it. Cool. I feel like mm -hmm. I can kind of hear that. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Did I interrupt? I don't want to speak over someone. Oh, no, you're fine. <laughs> I was going to say you can kind of hear that in Blue Mirror Window where I feel like as you're listening to that song, to me, there's kind of different sections of it, but then it was kind of the whole culmination of everything where I can kind of maybe see where it was like this. Well, I don't know if it did, but it, to me, I, when you say these different pieces come together, but then it works together. That's how I was feeling when I was going through uh, Blue Mirror Window. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, a lot of it comes from Lane. Lane does a lot of the songwriting um, where I feel like their uh, inclination is to, write kind of very different parts and then find a way to merge them um and i feel like uh i mean i've really sort of taken to that style uh with kaiba where i just i find it really interesting to like be able to make like kind of multiple songs in one um and i i think it it creates kind of a just it, it's just different i guess i mean not to say we're like, you know, the next we're doing something crazy or whatever, but, um, you know, I think that it just makes it more interesting. Interesting, I feel like as well for for you guys as well, creating it and and through the process, like you said, it doesn't have to be the the, the next greatest and latest thing in, in music. But for you all, it is kind of it is something different. It's a different something. And that kind of brings a whole new uh life new 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 energy into it and uh we uh, got a couple more questions here with kaiba as uh we are uh there's all sorts of fun fun stuff uh going on in the world of music especially in athens right now and one of the coolest things i think about athens post pandemic is music has come back with with a good head of steam at least from from my outside perspective and i i'm curious i've asked some people this is ohio going to become 
one of these places that starts being talked about, like a Nashville, some of these other Midwest, mid middle of the pla- uh, you know places of of the world of the United States to go and hone your craft and and practice and work on your music and maybe break out. I think it's possible um, in some ways. I'm not sure that it will be considered, uh, you know, on a like hugely popular scale to be that sort of, uh, you know, hub of like, you know, recording and stuff like that. Um, But like on a smaller scale, I think that like, you know, hardcore is having like a really cool renaissance right now in Ohio, especially in like Columbus and Cleveland um you know i think these like smaller subsection these subgenres uh and like more uh like close knit uh music scenes um are sort of blowing up right now i don't know about athens particularly uh, it's hard to imagine that because of its like transitory nature um that it will become like any sort of right. i mean I, I feel like it has had some really cool music scenes over the years, but again, they come and go. Um, so it's hard to imagine that it will ever be like a mainstay in, uh, you know, any sort of like popular musical <laughs> music culture, but Ohio definitely. And to Jack's point, I think that one of the biggest things, especially with, with hardcore and other subgenres, is that like, um, there's just like such a robust community now. I mean, it's like, the bands in Columbus and the bands in Cleveland and the bands in Akron, like they all know each other and like uh, collaborate with each other and like, um, you know, like hype each other up and promote each other and book shows and offer resources when they can. So I just think that, um, you know, at the very least, even if it, it, Ohio doesn't become like some sort of um, like mainstream hub for music or whatever, um, uh, the communities that are that are here are really sick and um, really help kind of uh, uh, continue uh, uh, the existence of like a hardcore and aggressive music scene here. Absolutely. I mean, there's just so much. What I've learned from this show is that there's so much cool music and so many cool artists doing cool things, especially across all the genres. And that's why it's always great when you get to talk to and highlight bands like Kaiba, because this is what it's all about. This is what independent musicians and people uh, that I think it's kind of all about is these people getting together, performing their music, playing their craft and and, and doing their thing. And that's what uh, has always been cool. And I think one thing that's always going to make Ohio and I think especially Southeast Ohio really special. It might be those transitory music scenes, but it's always going to be uh, a, a popular uh, music is always going to be center there uh, in, in that region. But uh, we're going to wind things down here with Kaiba. Um, one of my final questions, where can people go to stay up with the band? Where can they go to make sure that they uh, get the latest releases? They can find the demo and, and, and all that good stuff. Um, We have Instagram, uh, we're definitely Twitter. most active on Instagram, I'd say. Yeah, definitely. Um, we do have a Bandcamp page. Um, like if you follow us on there, you'll get notifications and we put out like releases and we can like send people messages on there that follow us, which is pretty fun. I haven't done that a whole lot yet, but kind of want to. If we had more followers, I would. Just saying. 
Um, so yeah, I'd say Instagram is probably the best place. We also have a Facebook, but um, I don't know. And it's Twitter, pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Instagram, I guess. Does anybody know our handle off the top of their heads? Instagram? The Kaiba underscore OH. Yeah. yeah. Kaiba underscore OH. And our Twitter is uh, Kaiba the band. Or, no, actually, I don't. I don't know. I don't remember what it is. The Twitter is not important. <laughs> and then the our Twitter music is, is on uh, where, Spotify. Where, where Jack gets to play. It's true. It's true. And then our music is on Spotify and Apple Music as well as Bandcamp. You can check it out there. K-A-I-B-A. My final question for you all is the name of the show is Groovy Soup. I ask you all now, what is your favorite type of soup? I feel like uh, this might be controversial, but I feel like a chowder is often, you know, one of my one of my go to's. It's kind chowder of seasonal. Is totally acceptable. We, we accept chowders here. I'm going to say something maybe in the same vein and like a creamy mushroom soup. Okay, cream of mushroom, clam, clam. Is it a New England or a Manhattan, a red or a white chowder? Uh, I don't, you know, a, a white chowder, I'd say. The classic, the classic. All right, all right. Two more soups remaining here. All right. Um, I think I'm gonna go with like, uh, like, uh, you know, something a bit more upscale here. I'm gonna go with like a lamb and parsnip stew. Ooh. Damn it, Parsons. That sounds good. And now, okay, Jeff, I'm going to say it is just peanut butter straight out of the jar because I know you don't like wet food. That's it. That's peanut butter in the jar. It's my <laughs> you favorite. You don't like soup. wet food? What is that? You're like a dog. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> I'm glad that this is going to come full circle here. Jeff, one on the record, says he doesn't like soup because, quote, I don't like wet food. Uh, we, it's we're a drink. It's not a food. We're gonna we're gonna we're be talking just now. About learning this. Yeah. About it. <laughs> now that you mention it, I have never seen Jeff eat anything that wasn't wet or that was wet. Really, I've only seen him eat pizza and like three peanut cream. butter and jelly sandwiches. Yeah, cream cheese and bagels too. Um, oh, there's a few Chipotle ones. <laughs> the uh, the the diet of Jeff is an interesting one, but the music of Kaiba is great stuff. And uh, thank you for doing what you all do. And uh, uh, thank you all so much for the time. Absolutely, thanks for thanks having us. us. Thank you so thank much you for so having much. us. Up next, closing up shop. Keep it here. This is Groovy Soup on Power One Hundred Five. This is Groovy Soup on Power 105. Welcome back into Groovy Soup. Paul Holden here with you all. It's a little bit of a shorter Groovy Soup, and we usually do a rewind here. We usually do that. But instead of doing that, I just kind of wanted to take one more chance, one more opportunity. So the show, a little short. Things just it just kind of came to an end, and, and unfortunately, I feel like I wanted to do a bigger celebration of the show, do more of stuff with the show uh, for this final episode, but unfortunately, it's just not how things shook out. But folks, when you look at the numbers, when you look at what we did, when you look at the time that was given, when you look at the commitment that was given by the audience, by the station, by the bands. This really was a tremendous run. There is nothing to sit here and be disappointed, upset, or anything because 
this show started as me and uh and, and and a couple of other people at Power 105 trying to get local music back on the air or or highlight and emphasize how great local music is not only in our area but throughout our state and even further so the region with now that the show is ending these bands are still out there performing these there's going to be so much music coming through Athens every weekend. The people in Athens do such a tremendous job of booking guests, of bringing in music, of providing venues and ample opportunities for you to go out and see local live new music. In today's world, there's it's very easy to get caught up with everything. Athens and Ohio and the region provides you a unique opportunity to get in on the bottom floor, hear some artists and bands that have momentum. Folks, there are people that you have heard on Groovy Soup that you are going to hear on the big on the on on a big scale. Some of them are already making those moves and we talked to some of them when they were still playing music out of dorm rooms, garages, home studios. This show has taught me that there is so much creativity there is so much knowledge passion and incredible music just waiting for you to discover by taking the 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 chance when you're walking down court and you see a flyer and a band that sounds interesting to you all you got to do is just go out and see it because you never know every single time i went in and to have a conversation with a band I was going to learn something new, not only about their music, but about the process of music. I've, I can't play a lick on an instrument, but I have learned a tremendous, tremendous amount from all of the people that have given me their time. I've learned about the power of music. I've learned about the influence of music. I learned how music has the ability to save, enhance, change lives. The power of music And the craft of music is a special one. And the people doing it, the people that are going through the grind, the people that are doing it themselves, recording their own albums, mixing their own albums, doing everything on their own, is something that we should commend, uh, we should be, it, it, it should be celebrated every day. Because the work that it takes to do it, these artists, and maybe you don't like the music, maybe you, or that's fine, but you can appreciate that there are people that are going out there that are taking on the challenge of being an independent artist head on, maybe or or an artist on a label or, or an artist that is completely rechain or reevaluating, repurposing, changing their entire philosophy. It's all hard work, and it and it, and it also it, you're exposing yourself. These bands, these artists, these people go up on stage and they not only open themselves up to the criticism and the gaze and the opinions of the crowd when they're up there just by their looks, but then the songs, the the, the nature of their songs, the content of the songs, everything is subject to criticism, yet musicians still stand up there time after time again, even after a bad set, even after you're not feeling it. They know the influence and power that music brings. And I cannot believe the run that we had. Groovy Soup was a very, very special show. Groovy Soup still could be special. Who knows? I've never, I don't want to say that Groovy Soup is done forever. That's not how it works. It's not what I want to do. 
hundreds of bands, hundreds of songs, thousands of minutes of time. I can't thank everyone, everyone enough. Through the pandemic, through the unknowns, I can't thank you all enough for tuning in and to the bands for giving me their time. So folks, for the last time, that's going to do it for Groovy Soup. Big time thanks to Kaiba for joining the show tonight. Be sure to follow the bands on their social media pages. Or, of course, you can go on Bandcamp and support their Bandcamp. One of the best places to go to support your favorite local artists. Groovy Soup, it's not going to go anywhere, though, on the Internet, folks. Every episode of Groovy Soup is still free and streaming on your favorite streaming service. Just search Groovy Soup. You'll be taken to where you need to go. And uh, folks, I don't know what's the, what lies ahead. I don't know what, what is next. I don't know what replaces Groovy Soup at 7 o'clock on Sundays here on Power 105. But it will never be replaced in my eyes, just like this place. And it's uh, the place of Power 105. It's uh, been an incredible run. And folks, until next time, I'm Paul Holden, signing off. <laughs>